Welcome back to Mostly Banter. Today we welcome back the legendary Brian Phelps. Brian's remarkable journey through the world of radio, filled with laughter and memorable moments, has made him a household name. Today he joins us again to share more behind-the-scenes stories, insight into his dynamic radio career, and his unique perspective on the evolution of entertainment. Get ready for another engaging episode with one of radio's most iconic figures, Brian Located at 303 North Crescent Drive, Beverly Hills Market and Deli isn't just a market, it's a Beverly Hills institution. Family owned for over 30 years, they've been serving our community with a personal touch that's as unique as Beverly Hills itself. Their commitment to quality shines through in every aisle, from the freshest produce to exquisite wine and cheese selection. If you really want to be Beverly Hills, shop at Beverly Hills Market. Let's talk about their deli. Whether you're in the mood for a classic sandwich or something a little bit more gourmet, their deli offers a variety of delicious, freshly prepared options. It's the perfect spot for a quick lunch or to pick up something special for dinner. For our Mostly Banter listeners, Beverly Hills Market is giving a free drink with the purchase of any sandwich for those who mention Mostly Banter to anyone. Plus, for those busy days, Beverly Hills Market and Deli offers home delivery and catering services. They even custom order products to meet your specific needs. It's the level of service that really makes them stand out. So, whether you're a longtime resident or just visiting, make Beverly Hills Market and Deli your next stop for all things delicious. They're more than just a market. They're part of our Beverly Hills family. Visit them at 303 North Crescent Drive or check them out on their website for more details. Hey, well, welcome to the Mostly Banter podcast. Today we have part two, the promise part two, the first and only part two that I'm doing with uh, Brian Phelps. He's been very gracious to come back and do that. And just as a quick disclaimer, anybody waiting for some secret inside special agent scoop on Mark and Brian and Brian and Mark, Brian, Mark, Brian, any special detailed look back, just not going to happen. There's books, internet stuff. Go read that stuff. If that's, you know, floats your boat, mostly banter podcasts will be continuing to get to know Brian and his journey to and affinity for Beverly Hills and just Brian in general. Now, let me, let me just say thank, thank you. First of all, for having, having me back for the second time for part two. Um, but I do want to tell you this, and maybe you want me to leave after I say this, but uh, the first one was free. The second one's yeah. going to cost you. <laughs> but it was 200000 if I remember. It was 200000 pretty much broke our bank. Right. Well, that, that get, that's my usual fee. for That's the usual the fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you make the big bucks. Well, that's not happening, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to go on anyways. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we talked last time drums. I just want to go quick. I had to share something because I had a drum lesson the other day. I now realize after seven and a half or eight years, I am an advanced beginner or a really remedial intermediate immediate level player because just when you think you're good at yeah, something, that's true. You, you just, okay, and Matt says, well, try this, and then I go, ah, oh, the heck. So right. I just needed to share that, and we can close out on the drums. I will, I will add to that that I will, uh, I, I always think, I played since fourth grade, as you know, and, 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 I, and I always think um, I, can, uh, I can hold my own with anybody. You know, I'm not the greatest drummer in the world. I'm not, you know, John Bonham. I'm not... 
uh, uh, the best drummers in the world. But I can send, and then I'll, I'll have a buddy over to my studio, and he'll start playing, and I'm like, okay, I suck. Yeah, I yeah. suck. I thought I was good. I suck. And and today you can go into Crazyville, which I did, which is they're taking drummers like Chad Smith and people like that, and they're playing them a very well known song that's out of a genre. Mm-hmm. So in other words, for Chad Smith, it might be something that's new. Uh, and then I saw one the other day with a a young girl who's just a phenom and they played something for her that was right in our era in classic rock and it's like the take and the spin for these people remind me of why i love to do it but it's just a big challenge well when i was playing in bands to get through college uh we would uh, literally rehearse in garage in, in, a, in a big garage and um we would bring in cassettes of the songs we wanted to it was a cover band right. so the songs we wanted to cover so uh, one time, uh, one of the, the guitar player, who was a dear friend of mine, uh, brought in a song. You might remember it. Nobody in Beverly Hills High School would remember it. Right. Or no one even heard of it. I think it was kind of a one-hit wonder, but it was called um, uh, Driver's Seat. Okay. And the, the, uh, the chorus, and, and I'm playing drums, but I'm also on my baritone, so I was singing uh, a little bit. But the chorus is, Driver's Seat. Ooh, driver's seat. <laughs> now, we're in the garage. We're rehearsing this. And it only took, you know, we listened to a song and played a few times and we got it, right? Well, I didn't have a monitor in the garage like I do on stage. So I was listening to this song. I heard it once. Like, okay, yeah, I can hit those notes. Fine, fine, fine. So we rehearse it. We, uh, that Saturday night, we're playing at this big room and uh, crowd is loving it. We're loving it. We're going to play driver's seat and we started off and the guitar player's jamming and he's singing the whole band's just really it's working the crowd is just building and loving it uh and it gets to my part and i'm playing travesty travesty and the guitar player turns around and goes what the hell are you singing i thought it was travesty yeah and it was supposed to be driver's seat, right. but I heard Travis right. that one time yeah. I heard it. So I got some of the lyrics that people are singing to. What is it? Rocket Man, Elton John's oh, Rocket yeah. Man. That, I, I still don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. Uh, Somebody th- gave it to me once, but it's insane. On everybody thinks it's something different. You know, you right. get ten people and they all think it's different words. Right. It's, it's insane. Um, so moving off of drums, because you know we talked about that last time, and you and I could talk about that. Most people don't care. Let's start with Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's good that we've talked about drums now for about 40 minutes yeah. from, including yeah. last time yeah well matt thompson will appreciate it but that's about it um merry christmas merry christmas happy, happy hanukkah yeah. hanukkah's thank over thank you very um, much holiday plans anything uh yeah i go uh, home uh every every year uh to see my sister she's in a, a facility um she's happy she's doing well but uh it's honestly it's not a happy visit for me but it's it's an, a gloriously happy visit for her. So I, every year I buy her a new wardrobe and we nice. And it, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I I couldn't miss that. Well, there's something of nostalgia for it, and when you go home, I'm sure that there's some comfort in that. Much like you know, hey, people want to hear bands that you didn't really like, and you yeah. hear it, and now you like it. Yeah, something about going home. And I them. do enjoy getting off the plane and having that 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 twenty below smack in the oh, face yeah. winter. Yeah, I sure. love it for two days. Yeah, because I only stay for a couple three days, and then and then I. Then they come back. Where do you fly into? I mean, is that a... Uh, What's your last name? Yeah, I know, Moline. So we fly, fly into Moline. So you got to go from here to Denver and then up? or Either something? Denver or, oh, God help me, O'Hare, which is yeah. a horrible, horrible, horrible airport, uh, and then take a, a puddle jumper, as my father used to call them, a, a smaller 
plane down to Moline. And that's nice. And how long is the journey? Is it like a all day? It's deal? an all day, Ugh. yeah, all day thing. Yeah. Well, but I hope you have a good time. Well, I'm leaving. Uh, 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 this time, I'm doing it right, I think, because we're going to celebrate Christmas a little early. I'm going uh, uh, on the, like the 18th, and I'll be back in about three days after that. So I'm, I'll be here for Christmas. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Um, so, so that's kind of cool. So mm-hmm. as long as we're on a Christmas theme for a second, um, mm-hmm. Christmas shows, you miss them? Mm, terribly. There are things. I think I might have said this last time. You and I were chatting off the air about how much work goes into this. Oh, very much writing work. and producing mm-hmm. and, and, and just, just doing all. And of talk that. about a team effort. I mean, I'm just not talking about our team of, of the morning show, but the whole radio station as as a whole backs that thing and do you know just incredibly productions of it, and um, they all get involved, and it's just such a warm. I just love the f- Christmas to me as an adult. I, I, in the tenure I, I was on radio, was the Christmas show. Yeah. And I've always thought it was kind of a, a weird dichotomy that, that uh, once the Christmas show is over, we're exhausted. I go home. I don't want to see another Christmas movie. I don't want to sing, hear another carol. I don't want to, because that was my Christmas. Yeah. So I, I, I've celebrated Christmas. It came to a, this climactic, wonderful end. And... Um, and now you guys are on break normally, if I remember we are, correctly, yeah. right? Then we'd be on break. And I, like Christmas is done. That was great. I don't know if I told you this last time, but what's fun for me coming a little bit from the sports industry is the greatest thing is to show up at a stadium mm-hmm. ridiculously early. Oh, yeah. So like su- Sunday will be the Rams game. I'll be there at 730. The game is until 130. What do you do? Right. First, I do a little exercise. I'll go for walking. But but what I'm really doing is I like watching a stadium come to life. Oh, isn't that great? It's the greatest. Yeah. So I love the peanut vendors coming in. I, I love the merchants coming in. I like how to see how the food goes and how the supply comes in of all the massive amounts of candies or, or beverages that are going to be served. And then, oh, how are they inventory? I love watching all of that. And I've always been, and this has never changed uh, uh, since uh, from way back when I was in a, my improv group touring around. I'm that guy who always peeked out of the curtain to see, you know, yeah. there's two people here. <gasps> there's five more, five more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm counting. Same with the Christmas shows. I just look around. This is amazing. And it's all a show from a standpoint of a production. And your Christmas shows, of course, were legendary. There's something specific I wanted to ask you about it, which is the charitable component. But for you guys, it's still a team. Like I was looking and trying to figure out how many people do an NFL game. And I was sort of chit-chatting about this over this season to different people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess... Not counting ushers, there's probably between 500 and 1,000 people. So TV people, production people that are doing the TV, the broadcasters, and no one really fully gets that. How many did you guys have? Must have been 30 or 40. As far as the crew goes? Yeah, as far as not, I'm just not, from the, I wanted, we're going to do this Christmas show. You came up with this idea. Obviously, it built bigger and bigger. But is there 30 people working like crazy for three or four or five weeks putting this thing together? Or is that Way much back when, when we first started doing Christmas shows, it was like four people. <laughs> and okay. would it be at the Marriott Ballroom or something, right. you know? And then it grew and grew and grew. I, I remember what was the, the biggest crowd in your mind? Um, I think maybe your estimation 12,000 maybe unbelievable yeah yeah but um there's something amazing also about driving early in the morning I remember my parents were uh came to visit they'd never been to a Christmas show so uh we got up early we're in the car and I'm driving this was at the not Sabin maybe maybe it was the Saban Theater Theater. Yeah. yeah yeah and one of those theaters around there and um 
we, we were a block away, and my dad goes, oh, my God. He looked a block away, and there was a line literally around the building. Yeah. And he, did, he had no idea that yeah. it, was, it was that. that that's, and, and that's I was like so I said, proud. Jeez, uh, it would be cool. Brian, can you tell me what that was like? Jeez, what's that like when you see that and somebody reminds you of it? Is There's got to be pride. There's got to be happiness. Oh, there's got to yeah. be joy. There's got to be stress. There's got to be pressure. There's got to yeah. be all these million things going yeah. on. And you're not the only one that's feeling that. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm sure your partner Mark was feeling it. And I'm sure the, the executive producer's feeling it. I'm sure it's everybody. The easiest people, the easiest people would be the talent. And what I mean, like you'd have major, major players. Peter Frampton would play guitar. Lukather, as we talked about before. You'd have major guys. For them, picking up a guitar and going, it's like nothing. You're telling me when to show up and play. This is what I do all the time. Right. You guys have... You know, many, 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 many more plates in the air. True, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned uh, it was like my Christmas. Yeah. The Christmas show was my Christmas, but Christmas Eve was also incredibly important to me because Christmas Eve was the rehearsal, where it's usually offsite, not right. at the theater we're at, but right. uh, it's in some warehouse or right. Hangar. Trying to keep it from getting out of what's going to take place a little. You all know. the stars are there. You know, Kevin Cronin, uh, uh, Lukather, all, you know, they're right. coming in there. They're buddying up like they haven't seen each other for a while. Right, or right, right, right. And it's just this great thing. And then the rehearsal starts and it's just, uh, uh, that's Christmas Eve. That That is so festive. So that's what you miss. That's the camaraderie, yeah. partnerships, people, humans, you talk like you and I are kind of the same. I love it when I walk in. The first thing I do is they, they have a golf cart at SoFi for us to go in because mm. you're parking in a structure and then they take you down this ginormous tunnel and you're in awe that the thing, a, a major, major semi-truck, you know, the 18-wheelers can drive straight down. Into, and wow. the first thing I do is I'm always talking, hey, how's your day going? What's yeah. going on? Uh, you know, and then you meet, this guy's a retired um, Marine. Yeah. How come you're doing this? I got to be a part. I love being a part of the game. I yeah. love meeting people. That's so. It's just it's it's a camaraderie. So you're you're the you're the uh, preacher and I'm the choir right yeah. here because yeah, uh, we're the same. We're I'm, two, I'm, we're two I'm exactly the same. same because let me tell you. Um, well, you made that relationship. I didn't mean to interrupt with no. security guard George. Oh yes. I mean, like, who makes friends with the security guard? Makes him a part, and that guy had a golden voice. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but I mean. Who does that other than people that seem to have an affinity for what other people do or a curiosity? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy who, if I go to a Hollywood party and there's celebrities there, I'm the guy who will be talking to the bartender or yeah. the, or the, uh, the manager right. of the establishment because I kind of came from or that. Or the delivery person. The yeah, delivery yeah. person, yeah. That, that so, was, and after each Christmas show, um, I made – and this was – Something that I wanted to do, and I think it kind of drove my partner a little crazy because he had a family there. He needed to get right. out of there. But every, every time after the show is over, you know, some of the people would get up and leave. But it kind of became kind of a tradition that I would go sit on the, uh, the, ed the front edge of the stage, and people would come up and say hi and talk. And, and I'd be there I, sometimes three hours yeah. talking to everybody I could. You know. Some people are like, okay, like you said, I'm exhausted, I'm done. Perhaps Mark said, I'm out of here, I got to go with family. Because it, it drains people in different ways. Yeah. But what you guys did, again, like I told you last time, it affected on an extremely personal level your audience. Mm -hmm. So like we talk about Ackroyd and people like that. Yeah, that's maybe internationally more known mm -hmm. than, you know, Brian Phelps or Mark Thompson. But 
But on a personal level within Los Angeles, it's the soul. Yeah. So I got to ask you, it's, a, it's an interesting question. How did you pick your charities? Because you guys didn't take a, I don't want to say you didn't take a dime, maybe you did, but the perception was always that for the holiday show and things like that, you were going to give the charities out. Which ones resonate with you and how did you land on here's what we're doing? Great question. Uh, well, first of all... Um, That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, there's a couple three answers to this. But first of all, um, I always got my uh, just 80% right off the top. That was 80, the deal, 80%. 80%. And Mark got whatever, 10, and so then no, there was no. 10 to split? Or? No, no, he, he didn't want it because he's a really kind you know, person. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I, it's in my I don't think he'll appreciate us talking about 80, it. I get 80% it. right off the top. Yeah. Uh, no, we, every cent, every cent. Where our charity, uh, our Christmas shows, our charity CDs, um, our, All of it. Our, our T-shirts. So which, where did it go? And, and then that's the real question because, as I've told you, the, the, I'm interested in how do you arrive at that? Was it like, hey, we'll do some for this and some for that? Because yeah. I know you did the drunk show, which was fantastic. Right. I mean, those were fantastic things. In a weird way, ha, it's humor, ha, ha. But it was like, for a good cause. But it's for the cause, and it's really showed and taught people yeah. how easy you could think that you're mm -hmm. not intoxicated mm -hmm. But you really are impaired. You should not be driving. So that's, I, I get that. that so how do we find the charities? Uh, yeah. For me, it was uh, pretty simple. Uh, a lot of them are already set. Like the, the station will set up this and, hey, you guys want to do this? It's for, like, of course. Yeah. But when it's our, our CDs and, and, and our, our things that we put out there, all to charity, uh, we'd each pick whatever's important to us. And for me, I can only speak for myself, is um, I wouldn't be here doing this if it weren't for, and everybody has this teacher, my uh, junior high and high school uh, choir teacher, Mrs. Bayless. Um, she introduced me to, you, I told you last time, in a small school, you have a chance to do everything. It's not really clicky. So I was an athlete. I played football all four years. I played this, and, and I, I was in choir. I was in band. I was in marching band. I did all this. But she introduced me to theater and, and, and being funny, and she introduced uh, uh, cast me in, in Cambridge's first musical ever, and they went on to do it every year after. Uh, You're a good man, Charlie Brown. And she cast me as Charlie Brown. I loved that feeling of mm. being on stage and making people laugh. I loved it. And it just, that was... That, that was, lit you up and inspired you to go forward yeah, in life. Yeah. Uh, I, so how does she come to a charity? Is there a charity involved with that? Absolutely. Um, so... High schools, uh, you know, when times are tough, uh, the first thing to go is the music department. Yeah. Whether it's band right. or choir or, you know, the, the field trips, right. the contests. And so all my money went to um, charities that donate to, to buy instruments, uh, musical instruments for the, the schools or to, to send them to contests. And so that's where that's where. Interesting. Yeah. And then I know you guys did a lot of work with with animals, with shelter, with the yeah, the pet adoption day pet every, every year. So that's mega cool that you did that. So you guys, your philanthropy is legendary, at least in Los Angeles. And it came oh, from sweet. a place for you of nostalgia to sort of pay it back mm -hmm. to people that helped you. And you're, they, they put you forward. So, mm -hmm. so that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea how much money you raised over the years? Did you ever tally After it? After my 90%? After you it was 80. Now it's, Mark took his now it's 90. Which, so uh, no, uh, I don't. Uh, millions, I will say. Millions. Yeah. 
that's that's very very cool because I mentioned Martin and Lewis and those kinds of comedic teams and he went on to do and I still don't know exactly somebody said he came out with why did he do muscular dystrophy why that or this people that give back like that are extremely impressive at least to me yeah you know when we my small farm town had three channels uh, unless it's PBS and that was just snow yeah yeah basically with the, if they had uh, rabbit ear antennas uh, but. Uh, uh, when that muscular dystrophy uh, Jerry Lewis telethon went on, that was a that was an event for us. I, we would watch it all day. So I'm gonna I, I try not to make me things, but all, the world connects. No, you don't. Yes, I do. The world <laughs> connects in a very strange way. In high school, um, I had known some of my classmates, and one particular girl had a couple of friends that I had known, yeah. and her, they were twins. They married Jerry Lewis's. Sons. Oh, wow. Two separate sons. Really? So as we go out of high school, we know each other, and I get invited, and, um, okay, you're going to go see Jerry Lewis in the telethon, except you go sit in the front row, and you're with these people, and you get to see what's going on behind the scenes. And as people know from listening to this podcast, and as you now know, you're letting me see behind the scenes how this goes on. Oh, that's just fantastic. Sure, sure. That, that's just great. And you get to see how many people do this and the kindness to it. And it was quite interesting to mm-hmm. see. Um, and uh, I, I never forget the kids, the, 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 the girls who, who ended up marrying uh, Roxanne. Oh, God. And oh, man, Sharon. Sharon and Roxanne. And um, they ended up marrying. And I don't know if they're still married, but it just it was a neat story. And it connects to that and to the philanthropy. So that, mm-hmm. that's mega cool. All right, we talked. I didn't get an answer to stand-up comedy. So yeah. I'm going to ask this in a different way. Did, what was Who, the question about stand-up, stand-up comedy? I don't remember if it was like if you ever would consider doing it. Oh. Would you do it? Would you write for it? How would you approach that? But I've always wanted to know that, so maybe we didn't get to it last time. But I have a guess. Do you do you have any particular comics that you really like? Mm, I Top five? Yeah. Working right now? Yes. I mean, I... Again, I, I if can it were, I guess one? Let me guess one. You tell me if you've even heard of them. These are um, my top five are working today. Okay, my, and, and you can guess in a, in a sec. But um, my Jonathan Winters, Red Skelton, and Jerry Lewis. Okay, when I was a little boy, made me laugh, and I'll never forget. We were watching Red Skelton, and at, I was like maybe six, five, six years old. Yeah. A six-year-old laughs at certain things. An adult laughs at other things. Right. Watching Red Scale, and I still remember the skit he was doing. Um, my father bust out laughing, and I bust out laughing, and it made me feel so great inside that, oh, my God, Dad and I are laughing at the same thing. And so those three are really uh, uh, meant a lot to me. Okay. Well, uh, those aren't working today. Working today. Uh, Brian Regan. Interesting. That was not one I would have guessed. He's a very smart comic. He's yes. smart, uh, he, but it, 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 I relate to him so much. Well, I'm going to go the other way. You're going to tell me the five, and I'm going to see if any of them click my box, and then if they don't, I'll tell you who I would have guessed. All right, go ahead. Brian Regan, um, uh, only female in the bunch, and there are some funny, funny, obviously, uh, comedians, comments. but um, Kathleen Madigan. Oh, she's she was on your show a lot. She was. She's, she's genius to a different level, and in a strange way, surprising that she didn't become superstar, she became star. Yeah. She has that superstar talent. Yeah, I think she just loved it. The comedy club life, the yeah. touring so much. I'm a sure lot she of was them offered, did. you know, a lot of other things. But she's still working. She's still hilarious. And again, someone I really relate to. We're both Midwestern. Yeah. And uh, she's got that accent that I, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Gary Goldman. 
Don't know him. He's great. He's he's amazing. Uh, there, uh, I would say the sixth out of the five is this, this comedian called um, Harry Cho, and he's Korean. Okay. Uh, but he's from Texas. I might be okay with that. I think I know him, but Henry Henry Cho. Yeah, uh, not Harry. Yeah, uh, Henry and uh, he's got that Texan Texas accent. And uh, there's two more that I'm gonna. I'll think about in a second, but of the top five. So we'll go with four, because you gave yeah, that was four, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, but there's two. Two more, go, okay. But I don't want to sit here and roll my eyes and think. You, you go ahead, and okay, then so I'll. Here was my guess. Yeah, Joe Coy. I'm not familiar with Joe Coy. Interesting. Uh, there's a name. I might have heard it because the only thing I listen to in my car is a satellite radio, the com- the comedy station. Which stations. takes me to the next thing I was going to ask you. Okay. How are you consuming that today? But Joe Coy was one, and Bill Burr's the other. Because Bill Burr's funny, yeah. Because they're Bill Burr doesn't do physical in a in a strange way, like where I find you tickle me. Your sense of humor sort of tickles me and your audience. Um, but Joe Coy is very similar. He will do. He's Filipino, and he will do his mother, and he is red hot. I mean, he went from they measure everything on what's the size of the room, mm-hmm. and comedians in the new era. I guess they measure it on, can you sell out arenas? And he sold out the forum several nights um, in a row, which is like today, that's like unheard of because everything flipped around. It used to be you're a comedian and you would talk about, hey, please go buy my record. Well, if he's this big, I'm going to uh, check. I'm, oh, sure, huge. I'm sure I've heard him on my comedy oh, stations. Absolutely. I just don't recognize the name. He's, he's phenomenal. Okay, so now let's get to how do you... What, for when you're at home for entertainment, what do you do? Do you stream? Do you Netflix? What do you do for? How do you? How do you? What do you do? Well, my joke uh, during COVID was because I live alone, and uh, and they said, "How you guys? How you doing?" And I go, "Well, it's official. I've seen everything on Netflix and Pornhub." Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing to do. Um, but uh, yeah, I do a lot of Netflix. Um, Peacock, uh, just whatever my favorite shows are on. That's it's always confusing to me because oh, and TMT TMC too. Yeah, but that's the movie channel. Yeah, and seeing all the old stuff. But that's the nostalgia in us and, and people from our generation and demographic going back to and looking back to some of those old movies and and they bring it to you. And I have to tell you, I'm embarrassed because it's the season. It had to be 2006 or seven. A story and, from and, you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and I was. <laughs> Smart ass. Um, and I was listening to a bunch of, we're sitting every, we're sitting every Wednesday night. I used to go with a group of guys to, uh, to have uh, dinner and we're sitting and talking. So I've never seen it's a wonderful life. Oh yeah. And I got yelled at Yeah. like, what? You've never seen it. Uh, bits and pieces, but I've never so seen it. I had never seen it. it. Yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. And I understand, but it was like, I've seen everything. I got my ones that I'll go back to. And it becomes sort of a part of like I was missing out. And that made me think we're missing out on so much. Yeah. Right? So today it's so hard because I can't, there's no, I love when I was a kid, there was TV Guide. You bought this magazine. It was the number one magazine. It told you when something's going to be on, what channel it is. And it gave you a little teeny two sentences of what's, what it's about and move on. Oh, yeah. And you knew that. Dad kept his TV guide uh, against the arm of the chair in between the cushion and the arm of the chair. And if it wasn't there, heads would roll. Yeah, it's it's insane. But now it's like, I don't know when something comes on. It all comes out at one time. And I'm not complaining. It's fantastic. But I don't know where anything is. Is that on Amazon Prime? Is that on Hulu? It is. Very true. I don't understand any of this. And I want, give me a TV guide. And everybody says, yeah, my my kids that are adults now all say, it's right here. It's in your phone. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's like, really? You know, but it's so interesting that it's, 
it's targeting everybody at where they want to be targeted. And I, I was curious, do you have any particular shows that you watch? I have my, uh, yes. I, I, maybe this is a, as growing older, the last maybe 10 years, I love a good documentary. So uh, the History Channel, but I tell you, Netflix is the best sports documentary producer of the mod. Uh, I, I never was into racing, and now I'm a huge F1 fan because of the show yeah, F1, F1 Drive to Survive. Right. Uh, it's the most it's like me. I'm never building a car, but let me watch every car show. I, I, yep. The guy in Utah, and all those are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah brill- brilliantly produced. And whether it's whatever sport it is, yeah. Netflix has it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they just, I think they, it was Netflix that just did one I watched on, not Bo Jackson, but it was on somebody like that, and I went, it was, it's just great. They, they do it great. And uh, Guilty Pleasure shows, which of course I would never admit, because this is, you right. know, we're on the air. Right. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> Go ahead. It's called Below Deck. Oh, I've, yes, I, I, I've heard of it. I have not seen it. I've seen little clips and snippets. But that's, I'm not really a reality fan, let me put it to you like that, because I don't like the shows where the whatever... We're going to go live in a house and see who can act the craziest. And yeah, whatever silly. skank is going to get kicked out, and he's going to you know, give her a rose. And I, it's, it's, it's for, not for me. I'm just not the demographic. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad show or those, those, that genre. But yeah... Um, Great documentaries. That's that's what I love. It. But, Me too. And it's easy to get hooked on those, like Below Deck or something like that, because it's it's it's. I don't want to say it's mindless television. and We shouldn't do it. It's escapism to where it's just oh, isn't this fun? I'm like I'm there watching everything that's going on. I don't have to talk. Yeah, and it looks kind of fun. The word reality is uh, they're kind of using that term Very these days, loose. fast and loose. You know, <laughs> uh, and I know that, but I it's my guilty pleasure. The reason I started watching is because I do, uh, I'm on the treadmill seven days a week for, for at least an hour. And I need something that works when you're on the treadmill and I can't watch a movie. No, it can't too slow. You're bouncing around. Exactly. But something like that, the quick cuts doing this and you get to know the characters each, each. So they've got what four now there's uh below deck, below deck, Mediterranean, below deck down under and then below deck sailing. Yeah. I realize when they have a franchise, Yeah. Um, a friend of my, my mentor in the coin business, his son was a producer and he was the one Jersey shore. So he was the director for Jersey Shore, yeah. and I, I never watched a single episode. But then they spin this off and that off, and and that and that's all great. Yeah. I have to ask you if you're a History Channel guy. I saw one very much I, so. That's and how- I'm, I'm in love with the follow-ups to them, which is the men who the, the men who built America, <laughs> and then the the did you no you didn't see it the men that built America the uh, cars that build right. America I, my favorite. The food that built That's America. It. It's like, is I've that? I've seen every one of them. And multiple times. Where right. the hell's the next season? Yeah. I think there's been three or four seasons. Right, right. I've, I've seen them all the over. toys to this. These, again, work on the treadmill right. for me. And they're so, for me, entertaining and educational. Educational. Because I had no idea, like, how did everything, it explains why plastic came to be. Right. How did Tupperware come to be? Right. Why was this? How about the guy with Frito and Lace? They became part. Oh, I love I mean, that. I'm, I'm going crazy. And it's like... How did these guys make a fortune? Easy. The government said to them, we need you to make something. And they go to the government. They don't want to be rationed. And they say to the government, "Uh, by the way, we've got the highest caloric thing and it weighs nothing. You can ship to the soldiers called potato chips. Exactly. Great. You're not under rationing. And you're describing exactly why I love those shows. The two young guys that that started uh, uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah. For instance. Yeah, yeah. uh, They're sitting there and they had no money fresh out of high school. I think they borrowed like six... Six hundred dollars, six hundred dollars from their mother, yeah. and these uh, they they decide to uh, 
get this pizza hut, uh, pizza place going. And America wasn't even into pizza. They didn't even know what pizza was, no. except in little boroughs, Italian right. boroughs right, in, right. in the city. So they, uh, they're sitting there at the table uh, before they open, and they, they found this sign that they bought for like $10, this lit up sign. And they could, it only could hold a certain amount of letters for their marquee right. out, out front. And they go, oh, God, we just have to have three letters, pizza, uh, pizza. <laughs> and then finally it goes, Pizza Hut? Okay. Yeah, sounds it's, good. It's like Make how they happed on things, yeah. you know, and, and for by me, accident. For me, it just lines things up because what you didn't learn in school was this, how did this come, when did that come? Right. It lined it all up. Absolutely. And, and, that, and that's totally mega. Totally agree with you. All right, so let's go to Beverly Hills because we keep threatening that, and by the time I'm done, there'll have to be a part three. <laughs> so let's talk some Beverly Hills stuff. Yeah, um, you know, we know how you got here. We know how you picked your house. Um, do you ever get to any of the events like farmer's market, any of that stuff? Do you do that stuff? Go to the farmer's market uh, a lot. Uh, my favorite event is on, maybe you mentioned this last week. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but my favorite event is uh, the Father's Day car show. They close down Rodeo. Right. And it, that's an every year thing for me. Uh, I'm a car guy. And um, we always do the same thing. Uh, I, I valet park at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel and have a mimosa or something with my buddies or my, my right. date or whatever is happening there. And then we just walk around and enjoy. And, and uh, you know, I'll see old uh, guests of our show. Yeah. Like, Brian! And I turn around, hey, it's Wink Martindale. Yeah. Hey, Wink! <laughs> yeah. And I just love saying, hey, Wink, yeah. at a man. I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and I start laughing every time. I go, hello, Wink! It's, it's so awesome, this community, because like we talked last time, it's, it's sort of Mayberry. It's sort of small town. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's really neat. So I like that one. I, I agree with you. I was going to say, hey, Father, because it's a Father's Day thing for people that know. Yeah. One of my favorite humans, former Rotarian, well, not former, still a Rotarian, Bruce Myers. Mm -hmm. And Bruce Myers is one of the uh, the ultimate car people in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I he's remember. Got his own garage. Have yeah. you seen it? And right, have you seen it? Yeah, above the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Amazing. It's like, yeah. Uh, he, he did an event during COVID for Rotary. Like, okay, we, you know, when there was a, you could come out, but you had to wear a mask, but you didn't have to. So he had an event there that was for uh, a Rotary event there that all the Rotarians could come, let's get together. We'll have a, a gathering there. And he did the tour. And for me, again, being the old soul as you are, the Clark Gable car is. Uh, gorgeous uh, like unbelievable gorgeous yeah. uh i was walking around his thing and i was uh and uh, his garage and and he had a 63 64 uh california ferrari california now these are worth now millions 14 million dollars yeah. okay and it was beautiful it was gorgeous it was like far ahead of its time in design that's what i love about cars yeah. it's the actual design and and i looked at him and i said can I have this? <laughs> and he and he looked at me. He goes, "Get out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's and he's very philanthropic. He's very giving. Cool guy. He's such a neat guy. Kind, very and kind, very guy. kind soul. I've known him now since 1987 or 88. He's just whatever you need. How do I help? He's right. that kind of. Well, guy. next time he says that, could you say I'd like to get we Brian like to that talk. California? Well, it's funny. He came up every Monday to Beverly Hills Rotary, and and my one of my favorite humans is long past Warren Ackerman. I think of him often. Warren, we'd go up. He'd pick me up. He was all excited. We would drive up, and Bruce is standing there, and he's got this car this ferrari that came out of a barn and i'm looking mm -hmm. at warren and i'm going 
I, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't get it. And he says, wait, wait, this is going to get done. And then he brought it when it was done. And you kind of go, wow. I mean, he's just, he's just cool. And old cars are neat. Another, so, uh, another uh, event that I, I hardly ever miss is, and I think it's a couple times a year now, but uh, uh, on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, those parks that are there, those parks, they, they have uh, yes, art. Yes, Ringo's thing, where, yeah. where the Ringo statue is. And they have uh, art shows there. Yes, those are great. They arts and crafts shows, yeah. Arts and crafts. And that is a wonderful beautiful Saturday afternoon to take someone yeah. you care about and walk around yeah. and look at the art. Um, they, just they, hang out. They, I mean, have, they, they get a glass of wine yeah. and they, they always have a band, yeah. a small band, and they play all, you know, all the cool yeah. songs. It's just, it's fabulous. like you I said, mean, just hang out. It's a good for people that are thinking, hey, where would I take a date? Yeah. You know, because that's another thing. Like I, somebody was listening to a podcast or talking about, where do people go on first dates today? You yeah. know, it's just so it's different. It's a good date. It's, it's a, that's yeah. a good one. It's like it's a get to know each other and you get to see things Absolutely. and spend some time. And, and, and that's mega cool. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the part that I'm going to play out of you is is you're going to do more of these and you're going to get involved with more of these whether you like it or not um more of the po- podcast you mean because the price goes up every time i come well out. that's good too we can do that we can we can talk about as long as we're doing mythical money we can talk about whatever <laughs> you like we'll definitely go for we'll go up a hundred thousand mythical dollars each time but uh-huh. but no i mean i'm glad that you're out to those things i'm actually stunned that i have not bumped into you with those um but when those, i see you coming i tend yeah, to you just run dip I, into I, some I tent it. or yeah, something I, I got it i put that up on a tee and you just <laughs> whacked it i got it um Let's talk, well, let's go with favorite Beverly Hills restaurants. We're not giving anybody free plugs, but is there a favorite? Look, I'll just tell you the names. I I have, yes, I have favorites Um, um, for different reasons. First of all, uh, about 15 years ago or so, I'm in the Valley. Uh, I had a friend singing in a band, and she was a lead singing in the band for this afternoon thing uh, at at this bar. And I love live music, so I, I went to see her, and I'm standing there next to a table. It was pretty packed in there, a, a tall table, and there was two gentlemen, older gentlemen, sitting uh, sitting to my left. And the guy goes, Brian? I go, yeah. He goes, you're her friend, right? Yeah, yeah, well, she told me about you. Yeah, I liked your show very much. You want to sit down? I'll buy you a drink. I said, sure. His name was Mike. It is Mike. Um, and he introduced me to his friend, and we just got along so well because he's just a sweet, kind, yeah. older guy, right? And he goes, you know what you ought to do? You ought to meet us in uh at spago at two o'clock every friday and so this became because it was already kind of established and it's could be five people some fridays did i say saturday because it's friday um it it could be uh, five people could be 15 it's whoever's in town we all just meet at around two o'clock at spago this is when they were open for lunch yeah they stopped serving lunch after covid which pissed right. me off yeah me too and, and i talk to wolfgang all the time i go are you gonna have lunch he goes i don't know it's not cost effective like, yeah. how could it not be it was packed who cares yeah um but so well, we, i i understand that from how they have to staff but go, yeah. you know but so we'll meet there have hors d'oeuvres or something at the bar and then we go to the beverly wilshire which is one of my nice. favorites because uh, pepe the bartender is now a dear friend of mine like i said i yeah. connect with people the service people because that's what i did for for a lot of years and uh, in fact, they're almost, almost at the Bevwill, uh, convinced that they should put my drink, the Brightini, the Brightini, on on, uh, on the menu. I've I almost got to talk to me, talked into it. Uh, but uh, so we go, we uh, have a few drinks there, or a drink or two there, and then it's around five or six. We go to Dantana's. 
Yeah, it's such a great place. Is, uh, to me, the food is average, uh, but it's not about the food. It's about the history, the, the fact that, you know, Dean and Sammy and, and whoever, Frank. they would chain smoke at the bar, right. you know, and the still they have the... I think the food's the, good. It's good. It's yeah. just not... You're not... It's not... There's a, a... I don't care. I'm giving people plugs, but I just who I am. I think that the best restaurant now, from a standpoint of high-end steak restaurants, is Steak 48. It's just... Off the charts. Let me great tell you about me. Steak Forty Eight, Mister. Okay, uh, that's Mastro's. Another the an, old Mastro's. Uh, another of my favorite, and I lived every Friday night. I was at Mastro's playing drums because. Uh, do you I'm remember so Gary? Mad. I never do you got remember, to go there. Do you remember? Oh, you've never been? I, well, I've been to Mastro's. Okay. I've never seen. I, the, the, I would have loved to watch that. Well, I'm the uh, idiot that's watching you, all the drummers. Everybody else is. Watching. Let me just stare at the drummer. Do you remember Gary, the piano player on the yes. second floor? Yeah. Okay, he was. A, he became a dear friend of mine. We just got along great. He'd always invite me up to play drums. Now, you're a drummer. I can't believe we're talking drums again. But he was kind of a one-man band kind of thing. He played piano, yeah. and he had a trumpet, yeah. and he had his drums that he would play with one hand and play piano with the I other. I love those guys. Okay. Those guys are genius. He, he had a, a floor tom, a hi-hat, and a cymbal. Okay. But I would, he loved it when I came up because I would make it sound like a drum kit. Just trying, you know, like. Yeah. Well, you, you're hitting different. You're hitting the rim. You're hitting different things exactly, to get that sounds. Yeah, exactly. You can do that. Yeah. So uh, every time I come in, I, I, you know, I'd sit at the piano, and then he could get back here, and and we had a great time. Then they they replaced him with a a, a bigger band, and I would go in, and and I, I, I'm a kind of a drum leech. I'll never say, hey, I play drums. Can I play, can I play with right. a song? But if they know I play and they invite me, okay. Yeah. You know, I'd and of course, terrified. inside I, I'm going. I would not because I'd be terrified. Uh, of course, you know, I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah I can't wait. Uh, but I would go and the drummer in the band would, he was a young, good looking guy. And he'd go, Brian, get up here. And, I, and I'd go, oh, okay. So I'd, I'd play a song and then he goes, stay, stay. Because he liked going out and picking up girls the, or the, whoever, the beautiful women. Yeah. Who that frequented Mastro's, so I play a whole set sometimes, yeah. and yeah. so it was fun. That's great. And but Steak Forty Eight so is the original it. Mastro's guys. I just think that they do everything right. Look, um, look, look. The Mastro's guys uh, do it right, and I love, I love the Mastro's. I still go to this day, and I have friends that uh, work, work, work there. And uh, but I, I didn't know that they sold the yeah. Mastro brothers sold Mastro's. Uh, and I didn't even know that they were out of it until they started building Steak 48. You know the food is going to be perfect yeah. at, at Steak 48 because it was so delicious. Have you been there yet? Oh, yeah, many times. Oh, yeah. Many times. <laughs> um, they have a rock shrimp in a basket thing there yeah. for an appetizer. Knock your socks off. I'm uh, beyond that. I, I don't eat it, but I'm more want- – look at the desserts. They have a dessert chef. Yeah, I, and I don't have a sweet unbelievable. tooth. I don't, I don't eat it. I don't yeah. eat any of it, but I like – look at that that went by. Oh, my gosh. But the icing <laughs> on the cake for, for me um, is the room itself. Yeah. Whoever did the interior of that room, I want them to do yeah. my house. Elegant. It's elegant, but not opulent and not, no. not busy. It's clean. Yeah. It's, it's airy. It it's flows. beautiful. Good vibe, good energy. The, the two brothers that are the managers there, not, not the master's brothers, but there's two uh, brothers that are the managers, took me on a tour. You can even get a table in back by the window of the kitchen, if you're into that, which I have right. many, many friends I ate that back are. There. We ate back okay. there. We could, they just sat us back there once for uh, my wife's birthday. So this kind of year, probably two years ago, right yeah. when they had opened up. It, it's, it's just something special. Is there a better steak? I mean, a, a lot of places have great steak, but I think in Beverly Hills, 
that was right. I think I, I don't eat steak. I'm that healthy type of dude. But my family and and you know, two, I don't care how people eat. It's great. Yeah, it's the best steakhouse I think in Beverly Hills right now. Now the tough part is maintaining it. The tough part is you're paying rent 24 hours a day there, mm-hmm. and you're not serving breakfast and you're not serving lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so so that that's a challenge. Well, as of, as of now, those guys know how to do it. As of now, they do know how to do it. Uh, and as of now, it's doing very well. And uh, until maybe the next big place comes, but I don't think I think that's going to be there. Be hard for to top a very very long time. Um, you couldn't get a, a seat when it first opened. Yeah. You know, it's I, still not an easy thing. Yeah. What about a quaint place? Is there any quaint places that you you know of? Not secret agenty. I mean, you know that you like <laughs> secret agenty. No, but you I know what I mean. That, no, I love that. You term. know what I mean? Like like like. Okay, I always sit I with my clandestine. You know, I'm not trying to give or expose any of these celeb hangouts because I, I I know where they are. Yeah. yeah By yeah. the way, I don't want to forget something. You mentioned like, hey, you go to a group in you know for for Fridays? Spago yeah. for Spago on a Friday. You know, that's what Beverly Hills is. There's probably 10 groups like that, and they're all welcoming. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that everybody should just crash into Beverly Hills and say, I'd like to go to Spago's for lunch and join in at a table. Right. But Stanley Black, the great real estate mogul and developer, he had one at Cafe Roma and everybody would come to, and you would just meet people in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I did one a little bit at the Palm. We would have the last Thursday of the month. Everybody would sort of hang out there and just, it didn't matter who you are, what do you do? You know, oh, I'm in this business, I'm in that business, and just all fun, and that that's a good thing to the community when the palm the original was right. uh on santa near, on santa Mar- near uh, dantanas um i just kind of started going there with some of the, the manager of our, of our station and all right. that and they were they were regulars there so the owner manager whoever he was comes up and goes because you know they, they had all those paintings of, right. of characters characters of uh, celebrities and stuff and so he just i want to put you guys up so he did and oh my God, there we are, along with yeah, those those characters he's showing me on his <laughs> That's phone. That's my family. <laughs> um, and so uh, he did. And then about six months later, they moved, and they didn't take yeah. the signs. You know, the characters. They, they, aren't up well, the what ones. they did was they actually cut them down. They cut them and tried to find the people and gave them to them. And yeah. then when they opened Beverly Hills, they did not want to have any ego problems. That well, mine's above his, his is over here. Right. So they kind of started fresh, and then they acquiesced to starting to put some up and, yeah and they gave they, they gave me ours yeah so that's cool. right it. so we've hit those oh, oh i forgot about- to tell you the fourth place after dantana's yeah uh this is the week my friend calls it the friday crawl uh but uh after dantana's if we're if you're you know um up for it up for it and if you're not too intoxicated which we don't get too intoxicated uh but we end up at like the the beverly hills hotel which is about less than a mile from right. where i live and um and uh, we go to the, the, the bar where the, the band is playing, and we'll stop in the polo lounge, and, and then, you know, you're home by one. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, a, it's an all-day affair. Every Friday, So I don't want to forget, because I hinted at it last time, projects. What are you working on, or can you say? I can say. I'm, 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 uh, uh, yes, a, a dear friend of mine who is one of the most successful, uh, pro- prolific showrunner, director, writers um, in 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 Hollywood, uh, we befriended each other uh, about five years ago, and uh, we do. Here's how we met. This is because it goes along with what we we're just talking about. Um, I was at uh, a, a party, a, a dear friend of mine, and she is uh, uh, Lori McCreary. She's uh, Harry Morgan's partner, and she, her, she has an annual Christmas party. I didn't really want to go. I love Lori, but I had to drive all the way to Malibu, and I was like, oh, but I said I would, and I'm like, okay. So I went. 
And I knew no one, no one other than Lori. And she's walking around hosting the thing. So um, I'm sitting alone uh, out on the patio drinking a beer. And, and about three stools down of the patio furniture is this guy. And he looks, uh, oh, oh, I got up and I kind of walked by him because I, I wanted to go back in. And he goes, Brian. I go, yeah. I go, have we met? And he goes, no. But I wanted to say hi to you and that we have a connection. I said, what is it? He goes, you. I don't know what you mean. He goes, you came out here to L.A. the same time I came out here to L.A. to start going to school at USC. And he goes, I always kind of felt we had a connection because you were going through the same things and talking about the same things that I was going through, getting acclimated to the to L.A. and the traffic and, and everything and, and dating and doing this and doing that. So we became such close friends. And then about six months later, he goes, all right, you're in this club. I'm starting a club. We're calling it the Diners. I'm founding this, this club. And every month, we're going to go to restaurants that were open before 1980. Interesting. So, And you'd be surprised how many there are. So there's nine of us, and everybody's just like begging to get in now. You know, like, no, you got to be. He picked the personalities, and I didn't know any of them. Yeah. You know, one of them is Dick Clark's son, Dwayne Clark, who uh, I'm so love that man so much. These are all very kind, very successful. I don't know what I'm doing in it because I'm right. not involved well, in television. You're that being much. nicely humble, but you're But an these icon. are directors and writers and and, and very talented. And you people. get to see them as just people. And we are all poking fun, hilarious at these things. It, now again, some some months that restaurant been open since 1927 whatever it is horrible yeah but we have a blast yeah uh we're all men of a certain age you know so we're poking fun and and just we're on the thread my phone will go it's gone been going off i had to turn it down because one of the diners in our thread will go say something funny and then everybody joins in or he bitches about something then everybody joins in we have a record of 187 texts one night and wow. it's like that pretty much yeah. every night. But anyway, that's it's a group, and that's a whole other medium, being able to, to communicate without yeah. having to, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a place that I really can't talk, but I can shoot you out yes. a little quick zinger. So that's to answer your cool. question, and I'm sorry I went off on no, a tangent there, but I'm, I'm very proud to, to, to know these gentlemen. In fact, we're going I to, like that I get you going on tangents. This and <laughs> I just connect, and we this, can talk about anything. There's basically, no I made a career out of going on a tangent. Yes, of course. Um, the, uh, uh, our, our next one is this Saturday night, in fact, uh, where we're going to the Magic Castle. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and of course one of our members, uh, Putch, he's a kind of a, the lovable curmudgeon. He is bitching the whole, whole time because I'm not buying a jacket because you have to wear yeah. a jacket and tie. The, the, whose idea was this? I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want. But yeah. it's our Christmas. Everybody's got to go. Yeah. Um. So I loaned him a sports jacket so to wear. Um. But Trey comes up to me uh, or calls me and he's been kind of hinting around and bugging me. This is uh, last year. Like Brian, you got to. You got to do something. Yeah. Like, I know, I know. Because he comes over to my house and he sees all the comedy idea notes I'm, I'm writing. And I, and I go, yeah, yeah, I will. I will. He goes, well, we're going to do a podcast or we're going to do something together. Wow. And, and then I said, okay, all right. And so we started thinking about kind of a concept. And he pitched, we went to lunch one day and he pitched me this idea. And uh, it's different. I will say it's a little different, a little different, uh, a little out of my comfort zone. But we, uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to tell you what it is yet. Uh, you, you'll be. But you're doing it. You're going to do a podcast. We're, you'll, we've already done three proof of concept episodes. Great. We're, we're, have, we're having a, uh, a web designer designer website, and it's it's very special. 
and it's very much has to do with something I said at the end of the show um, for 20 years. That's a good tease for people to really get on their hands to start pay attention. And to. it's still, you know, the first 20 minutes were try to be funny, but it all leads up to something that I don't want to, I don't want to tell Got it. You. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just so you know, I have, there's a, there's one more story. Don't yell at me. I found a, <laughs> I found a restaurant. A lot more than one yeah, more. You all, know. Right, all right. For this, for today. No, I love them. For today. Uh, I found the restaurant that I've just fell into um, in Manhattan beach. And again, I'm not bashful. The name of the restaurant is called The Arthur J's. Okay. And I just love this place. It's just great, great, great. And something happened the last Rams game. We're going to go to dinner with my wife. We're finally going to go back to this because we haven't been there since COVID. And we're going to go. And it was a great meal, except something happened at the meal that they didn't do something right. And my wife would never say something, nor would I. But the guy asked, why are you not eating this to my wife? And he said, well, this tastes a little teeny off. Okay. So, so the guy doesn't say a word. He takes it back. You know, everything is done, and he brings her the Japanese wagyu, oh, yeah. not the American wagyu part of this. She ordered a sampler, yeah. and the story was like so endearing, and they would—it's just crazy on how they handled the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? So I, 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 I said, "This is so great. Let me buy some gift cards from them." But I couldn't just leave it alone, so I called the lady and talked to the lady who is like the PR director for, they, they own about five restaurants in that area. And she was so happy to hear this wonderful, gloating story. And I told her, I says, it's such a good restaurant, but Manhattan Beach restaurants aren't really known to the people on like LA, Beverly Hills type of people. Mm -hmm. I says, and they really should be. And I says, it's so funny because I was doing a podcast and I'm going to be looking forward to talking about restaurants. And yeah. she said, oh, who did you, who's your, who's your, who do you like? Which episode should I listen to? I said, well, we had Brian Phelps on. She goes, Brian Phelps, Mark and Brian, Brian Phelps? She's, oh, my husband loves Brian Phelps. He's got to listen to this podcast. So that Aww. circles it back to the impact that you have had on people and they're thirsty for that. So whatever this project is, mm -hmm. it's going to be great. And you have so much to do. Um, you cannot do nothing. It's not allowed. Right. You're, no. you're just not allowed. You I, know? Yeah, I, I haven't been... Uh, uh, you're not reclusive, but at the same point in time, you're not, at least from my eyes, Brian's not out there being Brian. Brian's just living his life. Okay, right. that's Tari, that's over with. Got to get to work. Do a little Put TV here there. and there, a little this, a little that. Yeah. But yeah, and, and, I, and I'm looking forward to this because it, it is a, uh, it was the, when we did that proof of concept episodes, uh, it was the first time I've sat in front of a mic with headphones on in years. Yeah. You know, and it was a cool feeling. Yeah. But well, I figured that if there's anything good about the connection with you and I that I've at least brought is you're back in front of a microphone doing two episodes with this goofy guy who just talks about anything and you light up in front of a microphone and you're just the talent. And I just so, so appreciate Who's our the goofy friends. guy, you or, or me? You, I'm the goofy guy, you're not. I'm the goof. Unfortunately, goofy. you can't I, make into goof. You, you haven't I, made goof I can yet. be goof. I can you, be you, goof. You, you, you've proven goof, but you've been out of goof <laughs> for so long that I don't know. You know, you sort of retired goof right. in 2010 or 12, whenever it was. Well, I think if you compare uh, part one of this with you yeah. uh, to this one, 
uh, the goof is uh, uh, it's common. more prevalent now. Yeah, it's common. Our yeah. goof is common. Yeah, I think well, maybe we'll do a part three. And we're getting more there. comfortable. And, and it'll be there. Um, you know, I thank you. I know I don't want to take too much time today. We're doing this. We will get this one out, I'm hoping, before Christmas. The first episode with you sort of set records for our podcast, which is great. And the podcast is going well. It was funny. I, I will share this with uh, your audience. He texted me a few days after part one, and he said, hey, uh, our, your podcast got so many, so many people with so many, so many people, so many things. And um, I, I honestly didn't know if that was a good thing. So I texted back, I go, is that good? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it reminded me, when uh, Mark and I first started together, I knew nothing about radio. I was the comedian. Right. Mark was a, a 15 years experience radio right. guy. So the ratings, our first ratings came in about six months uh, after we started the show, and they were incredible, although I didn't know. So we're sitting, uh, we're sitting uh, at his house, actually, and, uh, and he got the phone call that the ratings were this. And he goes, oh, my God, Brian, we got a... 9.8 and this demographic we're, no, no, we're number one and, and, and 9.8 and what so I'm excited so I called my dad from his house I go dad the ratings just came in we did really well here's Mark to tell you why yeah. <laughs> so dad he had to explain yeah. I didn't know what the ratings like a 9.8 what does that mean well I heard just a quick snippet that uh, Tony Orlando had a very successful show a television oh, show I, I was a big fan and they stopped doing the show because they only had they they dipped down to thirty million people. That amazing. That's amazing. I stopped doing it because it dipped below thirty million. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you have to understand in this new deleted diluted world of medium. That's why I asked you how you consume everything. Mm -hmm. The good news is you can target exactly an audience. You can have an advertiser, if you so choose, Absolutely. to target that exact audience, as opposed to trying to sell snowshoes to people that live in Miami Beach. Mm -hmm you're sort of paying for that, you can target it just to snowshoe users. And there's good. But but I, I was blown away by that. And, you know, the numbers of this little podcast, which I'm not making a joke, I'm not self-defecating here, I thought would be dozens of people in the Beverly Hills area has grown into thousands and thousands and thousands well, of that, people. Well, that, that points back to you. I mean, you know, you've uh, you, you built this thing and all, for all the right reasons. Well, you, you it's really myself have. and certainly else. It's fun. I don't know how to monetize. I'm not looking to monetize. I just love talking to people. And I, I mean this, I look you in the eye and say this, I feel like, hey, I have a new friend, not just a, a podcast good. partner type oh, yeah. of thing. And, it, and, and that's just, that's why I do this, you know? My family thinks- I, I would hang with you uh, a lot, except you don't eat steak or, or you don't drink- Oh, I eat a you lot. You don't drink cocktails. Yeah, no, not yeah. anymore. Yeah. I, I, I did all of that. Yeah. Um, so that's all good. So um, He did do a line of blow before we came out here. Yeah, that would, so, be a, yeah. that would be a definite no. <laughs> 100% no. Can you imagine you strung out? I can't. I, I, can't. I can't. Well, even when I was younger, I don't like being out of control. So yeah. I was always the guy at the party. Yeah, yeah this is great. This is, I can't do any of that. That's just not. With uh, th th this goes along kind of with, but, uh, with uh, you know, marijuana. I, I'm, I'm not a good drug taker at all. And um, I'd be at a party, and if somebody, uh, hey, you want a hit of this joint? And I was like, I, once or twice, honestly, once or twice, I would do that. But then my friends learned what happens when I, when Brian yeah. gets high on pot. I immediately go grab a, a, a legal pad and a pen. And if and I'm someone else's house, gibberish and out. I sit in the corner and I just write as fast as I can. I mean, a couple of the characters that I, the, the popular characters that I used to do, on a weekly basis, came from like those notepads. Will, will we ever do any of those again? What? What's that? Any of the characters? 
or they oh, put sure. to bed. Like if oh, somebody no. asked you to do, we, we talked before, I guess it's okay to say, is it okay to mention the name? No, please. So Elphus. Yeah, Elphus yeah. was a very famous character on Mark and Brian, and uh, real quickly it was, uh, Mark is a big Elvis um, geek, he loves everything about Elvis, and Brian, I guess, crafted this character, which was an elf in an, in a uh, Elvis voice, and then they modulized or did something to the voice, yes. and it was uh, cartoony-like, and it was hysterical, and th Thank that you. could be a show, you know what I mean? Yeah. That could be a show, and, and I'm, I'm hoping you do more. That's, I guess, a yeah, nice yeah, way no, of saying I, I, ultimate actor. Like I said, uh, right now, there's 50 post-its and, and legal pads filled with stuff that um, I just really have no just venue to do. Just don't tell me came from that episode on pot. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just made sense. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. And I just, and we'll talk, you know, he was just like this little high squeaky voice, and he was uh, kind of a guy. But oh, one thing that kind of like what you're talking about is I used to do a character called Tony Rigatoni, and he was this lovable in New York, Italian, hey, how you doing? That's yeah. that kind of thing. And I get a call one day, uh, and I've been doing this character, you know, off and on for about a year, and it's a studio, and it was NBC or something, and they wanted to take a meeting. And they said, we love this character. Because he's lovable, but also pretty harsh. Right. Kind of dumb. But he's kind of Archie, whatever Archie Bunker is, except you have a different lane. Archie was always the joke at himself. Right. He's not making fun of anybody else. Right, right? exactly. Kind of like Joey. Yeah, on, on, uh, on Triviani, Friends. Joey Triviani. Right, yeah. kind of like that guy. He's, he doesn't, doesn't have a clue, but you love him anyway. Yeah. Um, and he goes, hey, I'm in the list today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm writing the book, and it's going to be um, uh, how to pick up chicks. And I got great one-liners, like uh, his one. Hey, I'll be back to talk to you after I go take a piss. And, or, uh, you know, hey, you got a big ass, but I don't mind. You know? <laughs> and so he's lovable. So I go to this meeting, and they go, we like this character. And I'm sitting in a, a studio, or, you know, like a, a major studio, and these guys are pitching me for a character I do. This is going to be great. And, and then they go, and we, uh, we think we have just the right perfect uh, um, guy to do you, or to do Tony. To do the voice. Yeah, to do, no, to do Tony. To do, to do Tony. Yeah. It wasn't animated. This was like a real oh, like a live sit, show, yeah. like a sitcom. And I, my face just dropped. I think yeah. my chin was just went to my chest. I think, oh, <laughs> I go, what's wrong? I thought, I, I thought you were pitching it for me to do the yeah. character because I do the character. I came up with it. I, you know, it's you want to be I, I write Sylvester it. Stallone and Rocky here, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. I, I wrote it. You know, it's yeah. me. this and, is mine. Yeah. And they actually looked at me like, look, I was so naive. I, I didn't. Couldn't figure that out, but they looked at me and goes, "Well, Brian, um, we didn't know you performed, not acted, but performed." Yeah. I perform my whole life. Every, you know, yeah, every, everything is a performance. Right. Yeah, Mark and Brian is a performance. So, uh, but no, they they had it in mind to just borrow the character. But you have that in you, and all of these characters oh, that sure. you come up with and do, they're great. Um, you and I talk about. Well, let's only go. 30 or 40 minutes. It's an hour, um, which is it's great. It's been an hour? It's an hour. That's what I said. We have a new bud. Well, you didn't talk so much. Yeah, well, you know, or, I mean, or vice thinking. versa. <laughs> or if we, if we didn't get along, which could be quick. Right. So I'm going to conclude with what I always like to say, especially with you, which is in these dark times, you know, we really, really need to be good humans. So please be good humans. And Brian, you are definitely a good human. And I treasure our friendship and our new budding friendship. And thank you. Thank you for doing this. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Do you, you know, I said that at the end of every show, be good humans for 20 years. You yes. know that, right? Okay. 
That's we, we talked about that. Okay. And I quote you. I was on just going to say that it's lovely for you to say that. That was uh, that, that warmed my heart. Thank you very much. Uh, and and I don't want to take it from you. No, no, no. But I love that when you say it and when you do it, because there's something about when you say it, it's just it resonates. So if you want to, it's up to you. That was lovely. Uh, I will first of all wish you a, a very, very, very happy uh, holiday and uh, with you and your and then those that you you adore. Thank you so and, much. And I will say I've, I've had a great time here today. I, I really have. And I'm, I'm, uh, it's lovely that uh, you invited me back. And uh, we could actually, I could talk with you for hours. Uh, and because uh, it's a back and forth thing. You're, you're, you're very good at it. So you're, it's a great show. And Colby, your, uh, your producer, is uh, just a, he's going to be a mogul. He's a senior in high school. Yeah. And he's the program director. Yeah, uh, and all the program directors I knew uh, throughout the years on radio were, you know, in their fifties and and doing pills. You know, <laughs> Just, no, this kid will light. The, he's going to light the world on fire, and he's you can awesome. tell he's and, and he is guy. he is a good human. So yeah. that's what I know. So, anyways, Brian, thank you, thank you. Be good humans, people, and thank you for listening to the Mostly Banter podcast. And be good humans. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Mostly Banter podcast. Big thanks to KBEV Studios for hosting us and our executive producer, Colby Gallardian, for making this episode possible. I'm Michael Moline. See you next time.